episode 90 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Oh, there's just two weeks before the inauguration, and we've got a seditious caucus in the United States Senate. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are, as a people, not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret pursuit. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the Commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. Yeah, yeah. we have a president that openly calls secretaries of state. Says, come on, just find me 11,000 votes. I mean, it's so simple. Look, if this, if this doesn't prove to you that this guy is everything he is because of money left to him by his father, I don't know what else will. It is, he is so bad at everything he does. I mean, the crimes he committed on that call, and I, you guys, if you listened to me last week, you probably heard me say that I'm backing off my stance of, you know, let's just let it go. Let's let it slide. Let's, you know, let's move on. We don't need to prosecute this guy, you know, whatever. I've changed my mind. I think he absolutely needs to be prosecuted. This addition that he is fostering I mean, I'm recording this on Monday night. He's right now, as we speak, as I speak to you, he's at a rally in Georgia, pre-Tuesday in Georgia, which is, you know, incredibly important election. I'm sure he is whining and complaining about the election in Georgia, whining and complaining about the governor of Georgia and the secretary of state and how he was robbed. And I'm sure it's a big grievance festival. Uh, you know, these, these, these Republicans, I, I don't even want to call them Republican. I guess, I guess there is no more Republican party. It's the party of Trump, right? These people, all they do is complain and listen to this big whiny baby complain. I'm sure he's down there complaining about how he was robbed, but not talking about what his plans are for the next two weeks to, I don't know, maybe distribute vaccine. He promised us 20 million doses in the arms by the end of the year. He got 3 million doses in the arms by the end of the year. Ridiculously poor performance by this man. He doesn't do the work. Joe Biden said it great at the, at the rally. The guy, he, he's fighting so hard for a job he doesn't really want. He's never done the job, never cared about the job. It's the grievance caucus. And today, you know, if you listen to this in two, on Tuesday in Georgia, uh, you know, a very important day. Make sure you vote. Um, you know, if you're listening to this after Tuesday, you know, the results of the election, hopefully the Democrats won those seats. Uh, I, I, 
I, I am befuddled that there are Republicans who are going along with this nonsense. Ted Cruz, who went to Harvard, who, who should know better, but clearly doesn't. Ted Cruz, who Donald Trump called his wife ugly in the primary, called him lying Ted, called him lying Ted, said his father was involved with the, he didn't say his father, he questioned whether or not his father was involved with the Kennedy assassination. America, this guy on Wednesday, now maybe you're listening to this on Thursday and it already happened, is going to challenge the electoral college vote. Now, the Congress has no role in actually determining which electors are sent or which not. If the states have duly certified their electors, Congress need only count the electors. That's really their job. There will be election. There will be uh, about 140 members of the House of Representatives and at least 12 United States senators, all Republicans, who are going to protest. Uh, not just protest. I mean, I, there's been protests in the past, and I think this is not the time to do it. But they are going to contest the results of the election. Protest it. Let's call them the seditious caucus, the sedition caucus, or the anti-democratic caucus. And I'm not talking big D Democrat. I'm calling it talking little D Democrat. The anti-Republican Republicans, anti-Republic Republicans, whatever you want to come up with for this. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's going to fail. It's just going to leave the House and Senate in session a lot longer than they need it to be. But here's the thing that I, I tweeted out. It was like my best tweet of all time, 75,000 likes, maybe even more. By the time I've recorded this, I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, I, I asked the question in this tweet. How are people in the House of Representatives from the states that are being protested, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, uh, Michigan, there are Republicans from those states who have signed their name to both the Texas lawsuit and have said publicly that they will challenge and contest the votes, the electoral votes. They are saying, they are alleging that in their own states that elected them on the same ballot, so there was no fraud in their election, but fraud in the presidential election. I believe that if you allege that, you are then saying that your election to the House of Representatives was not free and fair. And if your election to the House of Representatives was not free and fair, the Speaker of the House can call a vote to have you expelled from the House of Representatives. And I believe that if you are contesting the votes and the process by which you were elected in your home state, you should not be able to serve in the 117th Congress. Period. End of session. End of story. Nancy Pelosi should call a vote and expel these members in the same way that they did not seat that, that member who was elected two years ago from North Carolina where there was clearly fraud in that election. He was not seated in the House of Representatives. And there's lots of precedent. So if you're out there telling me, you're telling me that there that you were not elected in a free and fair process, well, put your money where your mouth is, Congressman, and resign because your election wasn't free and fair. Or, in the alternative, the majority in the House should remove you because you are alleging that you were not elected freely and fairly. This is the thing. These are the boneheaded things that these people are doing. These seditious. America, there is going to be life after Trump. 
Okay, there's going to be life after Trump. And life after Trump starts in two weeks. 14, 15 days from now. I can't wait. But I do think that, you know how when people join a cult and you got to hire that person to kind of get them out of the cult and, and deprogram them? I think this country needs to hire like, you know, the people who you who take you out of the cult and deprogram 40% of America. There are, I mean, 40% of this country is, is out of their mind. I still get people saying to me, oh, you're going to be really sad when Joe Biden isn't sworn in on January 20th. I mean, and that's happening now. Like, I'm sure if I looked on my Twitter feed right now, somebody would be saying that to me. I've had intelligent friends of mine, people who have tremendous jobs and incredible wealth, text me over the weekend telling me that Joe Biden will not be president of the United States on January 20th. That this week, they will overturn the election because Ted Cruz says they're going to overturn the election. And Donald Trump is on Maria Bartiromo telling uh, the world that she's, he's going to overturn the election. Um, and it's not going to happen. I mean, we, we when, when, when I am in full agreement with Ari Fleischer and Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney and every former living Secretary of Defense wrote a letter this week, Sunday, saying that the military must not be involved with this election. Now, I, for one, do not believe the military will be involved, but the fact that they thought that this was something that they needed to address. Former secretaries of state, that should send a chill down your spine. This is what we've come to. Over what? This horrible man who is bad at his job, doesn't even really want to do the job. And and we have to have former secretaries of defense write a letter to remind the military of their role in our republic. Uh, that is a scary thing. This man is going to go down in history as the man who almost destroyed this country. Now, I am, you know, some of you listen to this on Friday. <laughs> Maybe the country was destroyed. Who knows? Uh, you know, he is calling for people to come to Washington on uh, on the 6th, the day the House and Senate uh, count the votes of the Electoral College and to make a ruckus. And there's already been at least one arrest uh, a leader of the Proud Boys who stole a Black Lives Matter flag from a church and burned it and was arrested for that. Um, there's already been an arrest. And um, I, I, for one, have I've heard um, from people who work in Washington that they are being told by their bosses to stay away from these protests and counter protests that are going to be going on in Washington. And and there there is serious concern. The National Guard is being called into to Washington, D.C. There is serious concern that there's going to be Washington. Any violence that happens there, anybody who gets hurt, any property damage, any death, God forbid, is all on Trump. He owns every bit of chaos that's happening this week because any other 
year in our 240 plus year history of this country, any other transition of power, the day that the House of Representatives actually counts the votes is like the last story you hear on the evening news. And today, the House of Representatives and Senate counted the votes of the Electoral College and Joe Biden's officials. It's like an afterthought in the news with B-roll of the House and Senate. It's never anything anybody cares about. It's never anything anybody has to circle on their calendar. It's only become an issue because this man has made it an issue. This man who spent an hour and 15 minutes on the phone with the Secretary of State of Georgia trying to convince him to overturn the results of his state. That his data was better than his than the data of the of the Secretary of State. And the Secretary of State, to his credit, was very calm. Um answered these questions that the president and president really didn't ask questions. He, he filibustered. I, I don't know if you watched, read, uh, you know, listened to this tape. I read the transcript. I listened to some of it. A lot easier to read uh, than to listen to because Trump just goes on and on and on and on and on. And the secretary of state and some of the members of his staff then respond. Mark Meadows is involved lawyers. Look, I want sanctions on every lawyer that's been involved with this. I want sanctions at the bar. For every single lawyer involved with this, I would like to see disbarment for people like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, the Kraken, who, you know, Donald Trump, you know, by the time you listen to this, he may have appointed her attorney general of the United States <laughs> or or um, at least a special prosecutor uh, on election fraud who, sh- who will be fired immediately upon uh, the Biden administration taking power. I mean, literally, like they got to stop the inauguration and just cancel all I mean the minute he gets sworn in he should sign executive orders canceling everything Donald Trump has done uh for the last four years every overdue overturning every executive order Donald Trump made every single one of them the minute he's sworn in firing thousands of Trump appointees who will refuse to leave by the way this man is a disgrace an absolute disgrace. Oh, by the way, I'm 14 minutes into the show and I have not said Happy New Year yet. So Happy New Year, America. I, I mean, it, it is just an abomination to me. An absolute abomination. And I, I just hope there's some consequences for this sedition. I hope we don't just move on and say, oh, you know, they were just boys being boys. I, I No, there needs to be consequences for this. And, and for those of you who've been longtime listeners of the show, know that this is a change for me. And this is a change for me because this has been so egregious the last two months. And this president could have just, you know, tipped his hat, said I lost, shaking hands with his opponents, Wel- welcome to the White House, like every other president in the history of this country has done. Jimmy Carter, when he lost, um, George H.W. Bush, you know, George H.W. Bush became like a father to Bill Clinton. They were very close. Jimmy Carter did everything he could to have a smooth transition to Ronald Reagan, who beat him thoroughly. This guy got thumped. It was the biggest defeat since Herbert Hoover. Thumped. Lost by seven and a half million votes. He should be embarrassed, yet he's out there still two weeks before the inauguration trying to overturn the results of the election. Whiny little c- 
occur. I am blown away that any Republican would stand up for this. There clearly is no Republican Party. I don't know how people like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski and Ben Sass and Susan Collins and others stay in the Republican Party as it is. I don't understand how that happens. How do they do that? So, you know, he, you know, there's a, a very important election in Georgia today, if you're listening on Tuesday, or it was yesterday or a couple days ago. Um, a very important election in Georgia going on right now that could determine the balance of power in the Senate. But I, for one, think that there should be some Republicans who are quite disappointed with their party right now, who might want to get things done in Washington, maybe solve in the Senate that, you know, in the House, they've got the problem solvers caucus. My former boss, Tom Swazi, is a member of it. It's uh, half Republican, half Democrat. You know, maybe there needs to be a governing caucus in the Senate because Mitch McConnell sure as hell is not going to let the Democrats govern, not going to let Joe Biden get anything done. Uh, you know, maybe Mitch, maybe Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and a few others who kind of want to see real things get done. Maybe they should join together with some, you know, moderate Democrats in the Senate and maybe they should form a caucus to try to agree on a few things to get some things done. It's like, you know, political appointments, for example, because I could see. Mitch McConnell holding up confirmation to, you know, half the cabinet. I could see him holding up confirmation to any judges for four years. And that's just not right. Um, Or we can win these seats in Georgia or we won these seats in Georgia. Yay. And we could do whatever the hell we want for the next four years or two years anyway. And the first thing I would do is make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state, maybe even the Virgin Islands and get a couple more Senate senators in there that are not idiots from, you know, I mean, the, the District of Columbia has more people in it than the state of Idaho and has less, no representation in Congress. Taxation without representation. That's on their license plate. So God, God, Georgia. I mean, I don't know how the president's history, you know, the president's hysterical behavior is is helping uh, the candidates in Georgia. I don't, I don't know how uh, that helps. But, I mean, the history being what it is, and I, I did this last week, I won't do it again. The history being what it is in Georgia for these runoffs um, never is good for the Democrats. But I, I don't know. I mean, the early vote was really good. So if they could get some people out on Election Day and win this election, and if some Republicans stay home because they're listening to people like Lynn Wood saying, you know, the election's a fraud, it's a scam, listening to the president I mean, it's a scam. Why bother voting? Uh, you know, if that's going to happen, you know, and, and remember, this could be decided by 1%. It's going to be a very, it's a toss up in the polls. It, it, it was a toss up in November, frankly. The Republicans got about 1% more of the vote than the Democrats did collectively. So, you know, 1%, I mean, if, some people decide that they're sick of Republicans because of the ridiculousness of the president. If some and, and other people decide they are sick, they're not going to vote because of the president because the president said, well, you know, it's a scam. It's all rigged. Um, I don't know. I think that this could be uh, look, both Biden and Trump are campaigning in Georgia on Monday. That says to me that this is a toss up. So jump ball, baby. Somebody better go get it. Who wants it? All right, I'm going to take a short break. No guests today. I'm just going to come back on the other side of this break, uh, talk a little bit more, wrap things up. 
Um, no radio show last week because it was New Year's Eve. And I uh, didn't feel like putting a, another guest in here today because I didn't have anybody I thought that was relevant to this week to give you. But I'll be back with fresh guests next week. Next week. Uh, but I'm going to take a quick break. Look, America, thank you. Uh, America, everybody around the world. I mean, this is this podcast is listened to in about 40 countries. Um, thank you for making my podcast one of the fastest growing podcasts out there. Please tell a friend about it. It's the only way I'm going to get any traction. And remember to follow me on Twitter at Christopher Mark. All right, I'll be right back. Twenty twenty one. Is everything fixed yet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm optimistic about this year. I have a feeling I'll be going to a baseball game in September, or maybe August, maybe July. Um, I am two hundred and forty millionth, according to the New York Times, on the list to get the vaccine. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, good because I'm not at risk. Bad because I got to stick around. Uh, for five months, six months till they get to me. <laughs> Somebody was saying, Conan O'Brien was saying on his podcast this week, I don't know, I, I've often plugged Conan O'Brien needs a friend like it needs my plug. I mean, he he probably outpaces me by two million listeners a week. Uh, but uh, he was saying that podcasting is considered an essential industry. Um, okay, <laughs> but I'm not, uh, I'm not cutting any lines. Uh, I'm waiting until it's my turn. And then I'll get the uh, I'll get the shot in the arm, um, and move on, and it'll be great. Uh, and I think that uh, in two weeks we'll have a real plan to get shots in people's arms because clearly this president had no plan to get shots in people's arms. Uh, he promised twenty million. He had no plans. Every state had to have their own guidelines, and some states are screwing it up, and people are not getting the shots. It, it, it's remarkable to me. They didn't even give, you know, I get it. If you want to be, uh, you want to believe in federalism and I do believe in federalism. And I know that Republicans love to talk about state rights unless, you know, there's an election in a state and they don't like the results of it. Then, then, you know, then it's a congressional issue. Um, but usually you can have federalism and some sort of federal guideline that gives the states, Hey, you know, here's a suggestion on how you hand out this virus. And by the way, since the federal government's paying for it, you know, you probably could just tell them how to do it, right? Because that's how we get speed limits on roads. The federal government's paying for these roads. So you're going to do our speed limit. I mean, that's how, that's very constitutional. It is consistent with federalism. The problem is we got a lazy bum in the White House who doesn't know how to make a plan, doesn't care about a plan, hasn't hired anybody who would know how to make a plan, and doesn't care. He's not going to get it. He's already at it. He survived. You could survive too. He's going to get his shot when he needs it. (laughs) just like, what am I going to talk about in two weeks when he's gone? What am I going to talk about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's driven the content for this entire nation. He's been the program director of every program that deals with news and politics for the last six years, really, since 2015. Um, I don't know uh, what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have to talk about real things, and that'll be fun. We'll dissect issues. We'll come up with some real conversation points. And it'll be... It'll be very good. We'll all be very happy because even though it won't be as an exciting, I mean, I won't be ranting like madman. 
the beginning of this show like I sometimes do. But I'll have some really interesting things to talk about. And I'll be happier because I won't be stressed that this guy's trying to destroy America. And I won't be stressed that we're in the middle of a global pandemic and we got a guy in Washington who's like, why can't I go play golf? Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I think I think you should all be looking for that's you know that if I'm looking forward to anything else, I'm looking forward to calm in 2022, 2021. Sorry, <laughs> 2022 for sure. We'll get there. I think we're getting there. Um. You know, everybody needs to stay safe until we're there. That's all I ask. Stay safe. Stay away from these protests in D.C. if you're down there. I'm concerned. Um, We're going to get through it. I think this country's strong. I think our institutions are strong. And I think the president and his supporters are weak. They're feckless and they're weak. They're weak because they don't want to stand up to a base that is completely living in a fantasy world. There's no way that Ted Cruz... And some of the other people signed on to this. Even Josh Hawley. There's no way they believe the BS they're spinning. Now, you know, Tommy Tuberville, you know, he might believe it. He's a dope. Probably she, he, he thought the three branches of government were the House, the Senate, and the presidency. So, I mean, yeah, he might believe some of the stuff that's being said. You know, he probably got hit in the head once too many times playing football. I get it. Concussion's a big problem in the game, especially when he played. They probably were wearing leather helmets. But it is, it is impossible for me to think that all 12 of them believe it and, and very much impossible for me to believe that 140 members of the House of Representatives believe it. And, and these senators, you know, Ted Cruz, who likes to say he's a student of the Constitution, he argued cases before the Supreme Court. Um, Ted Cruz knows that the founders created the Senate to be a check on the House, right? To be the cooling saucer of the Republic, right? Congress, you know, you could have guys like Mo Brooks in the Congress who are complete idiots, who are going to do whatever they want to do and say whatever they're going to say and raise a ruckus and, you know, play on the passions of the people. But the Senate, the Senate's supposed to be the deliberative body that cools that down. When you got 12 senators going out there and doing this, and being part of that heat that's being generated in the, in the South and not cooling it off. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. That means you got a party that is not living in reality. That is not, that does not care about the fundamental way we govern in America. That does not respect the roles. Now we've known, I, I blame Mitch McConnell is not, not protesting the votes. He's encouraged his caucus not to protest the counting of the Electoral College votes. But it's Mitch McConnell's fault. Mitch McConnell created the environment that made the Senate like the House, overly partisan. Okay? It is his fault. He created this. He is reaping. He is reaping what he has sown. And even though he thinks this is a step too far, you can't control things like this when they get out of when they get out of hand. And this is out of hand. And we're going to be in a bad place for a while uh, unless there are, like I said before, some senators in the Republican caucus that want to just be part of a governing caucus to try to stop this nonsense because it's got to end now. If it doesn't end now, you know, we're going to have two more years at least 
of just gridlock in Washington. We won't be able to restart this economy for what? For pure power. What's the point of being in the Senate if you don't want to get anything done? You don't want to help people. It's ridiculous. I'm ready for it, Dan. I'm sure you are too. Well, I think I'm ready for this podcast, Dan. I know it was short and sweet this week. I didn't have a guest. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to tweet at me at Christopher Hahn and ChristopherHahn.com. If you want to email me, there's a way to contact me there. I'll be on TV a lot, so uh, follow me on Twitter. And I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.